It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Here's Emmy Award winner, Homer. Always a busy Wednesday, starting with Rain Man, 1-800-990-3776. Caller number five, we have not yet determined our champion from the last contest. We had two tied at nine. Could probably do it. Pebbles got to take the fifth call, and then we just randomly from the phone number, like the last number, I don't know what the phone numbers are. Yeah, have to take a look at them and see what we got. We had Terry and Waukesha, mm-hmm. or Terry and Tosa and Bob and Waukesha were okay. our contestants. With so you have both of piece. their phone numbers, yes. right? And so I will pick the one that has the final two numbers closest to the two numbers Correct. that I mentioned. Uh, and then that person will be the winner. The previous competition, I believe we had three winners. So we have had ties each of the last two competitions. Both in 2023, we're now in 2024. Jason Wilder will be coming up, and then TVV, Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. But again, it starts with caller number five. And I believe one of our two finalists in the last contest was like the first or second week uh, that they put up nine, or certainly like in the first month. So that could possibly happen again. 1-800-990-3776, caller number five, Rain Man. You have a chance to win Cousin Subs for a year, and automatically... Even if you suck, you still get Cousin Subs gift certificate for $25. That's the standard that we've set. If you're lucky enough to be caller number five, then you automatically get a $25 gift card from Cousin Subs. And, again, if you win the competition, and we have uh, the two finalists. Do you have the numbers in front of them? I still got to grab a homework. Okay. And then I will give you uh, the two numbers, and then whichever two numbers for that or closest, um, then they will be the winner of Cousin Subs for a year. And feel bad for the other person, then you can blame me. That's fine. Uh, Saganiac Planning, one of our great sponsors for Rain Man, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service. And I apologize because I've neglected for way too long not to mention family-owned for over 50 years. They've been doing it well for over 50 years. That's how they can know so much about what can be complicated, confusing, simplify confusing insurance decisions, level-funded health insurance experts, small enough to handle your needs with special attention and large enough to have the clout to make it happen, and doing it well for over 50 years. Saganiac Planning, 262-783, Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. Pebble is busy. Uh, we do have a, co- a competitor, our first for this, the... Yep, Dan and East Troy. Dan and East Troy. And uh, do you have the phone numbers yet? I have the phone numbers. Homer. Okay, the the person whose final two numbers are closest to 10, which would, of course, be the jersey of Jordan Love. So between uh, Terry and Waukesha and Bob and Tosa, the winner of the Cousin Subs for a year is... Bob in Tosa. Bob in Tosa. Again, it was decided by the final two digits of the phone number closest to 10, the jersey. Who is the other person? that? that uh, Terry in Waukesha. Yeah, Terry, I feel bad for you. I will treat you to free breakfast at Ted's in Tosa, 62nd and North. So, Terry, all you got to do is uh, send, me, send me an email, homer at uh, ESPNMilwaukee.com, and we will work that out. I'm there many days in the morning as well. Um, but you deserve a... 
consolation prize, as great as Ted's is, it is a consolation prize when Bob wins. Cousin subs for a year. Oh, baby. All right, let's get to Dan and East Troy. The first question is the Big Papa Saganiac planning Marquette trivia question. Um, I think Dan is a uh, a vet of this. I think his resume is somewhat impressive. Dan, am I right? You are incorrect. Oh. What's I'm the... good at the home game, though, but right. this is my first time Ooh, trying it live. First yeah. time. Uh, Pebble, would you please give Dan some assistance? I would, but no one ever listens yeah, to me. You don't I mean, fiddle and diddle with the questions. If you don't know the answer, say skip and try and get through all the questions as quickly as possible because you only have two minutes to do it, so don't fiddle and diddle. Yep. And sometimes when you do it quickly, you might come to the correct answer thinking about another one. Then you can just say it, and uh, you can credit for it that way as well. The first question, the Big Papa Saganiac Planning Marquette trivia question. Again, 15 questions in two minutes. Stolen from ESPN when Kenny Mayne did it. He's gone. When they tried to beat the Schwab, he's gone. And the most legendary win of Rain Man, Dan Needles, then sports director of Channel 12. They didn't have a competition and didn't allow you to do it if you worked for ABC or ESPN. And then they opened it up, and he, in fact, not only won the competition, but defeated the Schwab with a question that I think the correct answer was Alvin Robertson about steals for the Bucks. So, you ready to go? I'm ready. More than you needed to know. First question, Big Papa, Saganiac Planning Marquette trivia question. Three, two, one, go. Shaka Smart, where did he go to high school or college? Need only one. Pass. Last 15 games, Green Bay against Chicago at Lambeau Field. How many of the 15 has Green Bay won? 14. Incorrect. Who is the head football coach at the University of Washington? Pass. Where was the University of Washington coach, the head coach, before coming there? Pass. Only NFL coach ever to win his first nine games against the Bears. Matt LaFleur. Correct. How many years in a row has the SEC won the national football title? Six. Incorrect. The last non-SEC team to win the national football title. Clemson. That's correct. Keyshawn Nixon, 750-plus yards in kickoff returns in back-to-back seasons. The second Packer ever. Who was the first? Alan Rossum. Incorrect. Record of the Wisconsin football team this year. Mm, eight and seven. Incorrect. What is my new nickname for Craig Council? Pass. Jordan Love, second Packer quarterback ever, 30-plus passing touchdowns, four-plus rushing touchdowns in one season. Who was the first Packer quarterback to do it? Brett Favre. Incorrect. He leads the NBA this season, 361 free throw attempts. Giannis. Correct. Quarterback who leads the NFL in touchdowns scored with 42. Uh, Tua. Incorrect. Where did Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers play high school basketball? Iowa State. Excuse- oh, high school. Oshkosh? I uh, need more. No, I can't give you more. All-time career NBA scoring. What number is Giannis? 98, 88, 78, or 68? 88. Incorrect. Uh, one, two. I got three, Pebble. I have three as well. All right. Uh, I did a good job passing, though, didn't yeah, I? Yes, you did. You got through all of them. Now, <laughs> he didn't factor in. If you don't know the ones at the end any more than you knew the ones earlier, but at least you had a shot. Uh, the all-time career NBA scoring, Giannis, 
98, 88, 78, or 68. What do you say, Pebble? Uh, 68? 98. 17,269. Uh, Lillard is much That's closer. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton went to... Pebble, do you know what Oshkosh North? I Oshkosh North is a correct answer. Quarterback who leads the NFL. Direction, yeah. yeah uh, the NFL in touchdowns scored with 42. Jalen Hurts? Josh Allen. Not even. Never, he's way ahead of everybody. Um, let's see. Giannis does lead in free throw attempts. Uh, this one you, you should have got, Dan. Uh, but I guess it was either going to be uh, one or two guys. Jordan Love, second Packer quarterback ever. 30-plus passing touchdowns, four-plus rushing touchdowns in one season. Who was the first? Aaron Rodgers. And he did it twice, as a matter of fact. Listen to the show more, Dan. What is my new nickname for Craig Council? Pebble. It must have been when I was off homework, because I've been off for quite a while. I, I have no clue. Benedict I Arnold. I the day after. Benedict sure Arnold. I had, I had not fun. started Benedict oh, Arnold. Yes. Uh, it's fitting because Oops. Benedict Arnold was as great a U.S. general as Craig Council was a Brewers manager, and they both departed. That's for... from a while ago, too. I should have known that one. Record of the Wisconsin football team, Pebble? <laughs> Seven and six. Seven and six. He's embarrassed that you didn't know that, aren't you, Pebble? Yes. You just said that with that tone. Yeah, but this was decent. I had forgotten up. this. I wouldn't have got it right. Keyshawn Nixon, 750-plus yards in kickoff returns in back-to-back seasons. The pa- f- second Packer ever. Who was the first? Forget how good he was returning kickoffs. Randall Cobb. 2011 and 2012. Oh, you got God. you got Clemson right. How many years in a row has the SEC won the national football title? Four. Four is correct. And now we get to the person everybody's going to learn more about because he might get an NFL job. Who is the football coach at the University of Washington? Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. And where was he the coach? Fresno State. Fresno State for one year. His record oh, is unbelievable. The last 15 games, Green Bay against Chicago at Lambeau Field. How many wins for Green Bay? 13? 13 is correct. You're close. And Dan Pebble's going to kind of not be kind to you this one either. Shaka Smart, where did he go to high school or college? I need only one. I believe he went to college at Kenyon College. That is correct. And he went to high school at Oregon. Yes. You still only get one, but he got them both. Come on, Dan. Come on. Actually, but then you'd probably had about six, and I don't think three is going to be the yes. Three is going to be the uh, the event high for how long, Pebble? At least a week. <laughs> yes. If I don't get nine, I want to be able to call back. You can't. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. You, well, you'll you can be call able, back. Yeah. You'll be able to. You can't next week. There's no. only one person. Once who somebody can, surpasses you, you can. Yes, and I would say that Vegas has the odds up at ninety six percent that someone is going to beat hey, three. Well, next ESPN week. FBI. I hold the title for seven days at least. Right. That's right. You're the champion for at least seven days. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, this, uh, the Kalen DeBoer, did you know that much about him, Pebble? The coach at Washington? Can't believe he's. Yeah, he's been that good, Homer. Yeah. Yeah. He's at Fresno State one year. Before yep. that, it, I don't know, North, South Dakota, East Yeah, he was a uh, quarterback's West coach and, for a couple yeah. teams. Mm hmm. Um, and you, f- you feeling pretty confident about, uh, about, Mich- about, about Michigan? Monday? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you realize how lucky you are, right? Oh, that they beat Alabama? No, not that they beat Alabama. That they're playing but, Washington? No, no, that that punt return that could have been oh disastrous, disastrous. Yeah. yeah, and you're just lucky he caught on. And I give the kid credit that he did. He very easily could have fumbled. He that he maintained possession after he got whacked there, and that was just some kid, right? Uh, that was they put him back. He was he's been returning punts uh, off and on all year, but they put him back there because he's the most sure-handed of the two that they usually have back there. Oh, that and of course he dropped it. He dropped just yeah. dropped it bad. Yeah. So. 
Um, but the other guy dropped it too before that. Yes. So just had back here who's a freshman. Uh, I would say that uh, I will be surprised if Michigan doesn't win. However, uh, there's a fascination with this Washington team. It's like they're from another planet. Nobody knows anything about them. Because they're on the West Coast, yes. and you know, people don't watch a lot of West Coast. No, Pac-12 the West Coast games, was supposed though. to they be USC. Games. Caleb, you know, this um, the quarterback played for Indiana. Michael Penix, right? Do you know how you know, this is his sixth year? Yes, it is. This is yep. insanity. They have three terrific receivers too. Yes, they're um, so it it might be. Well, clearly, it is the act. The, the, everybody is underestimating how good you know, the University of Washington is. The premise is their defense isn't very good, and that they're not. No, Michigan might be able to just run the ball the whole game down their throat, right? That's what the premise is. Yes, but yeah. uh, it's, they they try to keep that high powered offense off the field of Washington. Right. And I just want to let receivers. You know. Their running back I hurt last game too, so who knows if he's going to play? And nobody else behind yeah, him. Yeah, I bet he does. Experiences here, so yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that uh, Michigan is in the Big Ten means nothing. No rooting for Michigan. I'm not sure even people might, more might root against them. And, and anyway, there is no Big Ten anymore. And there's no SEC. There will be 18 teams in the Big Ten last next year. Yes. And there'll be 18, I believe, in the SEC as well. Yes. And then both will get up to 20 at some point, I believe. Yeah, as well. so there's no... they got to change the name of the conference. You can't keep calling it something that it's not. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. The Big 20. Whatever, yes. You can't be the Big Ten. The Big Ten is gone. It was gone when they had 14, but at least now it's especially gone. Yet... Uh, the whole setup is fantastic. I can't wait until next year. Do you realize how many college football games late in the year are going to be important? They're going to be like 20 because everybody's going to be fighting for this for spots 10, 11, and 12. Now, granted, when you have, let's say, Alabama and Georgia play, that game might be irrelevant because they're probably both going to make it, but it could have a seeding ranking. But the key is, just as you see this year, Everybody's curious about the Packers. There's only one reason why there's interest in the Packers. You know what that is? Because they're close to making the playoffs. And they added a seventh team, which is really stupid because the seventh team has gotten killed so far. But in terms of creating interest, yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing in college football. And contrary to what people have said, because they're just wrong, there are way more important college football games when you have 12 teams in the playoffs than when you have four. Not maybe as many in terms of Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State having to go unbeaten. But think of all the schools. Somebody should do a – has anybody done a study of this year in terms of assessing uh, which teams would have made it, how many games would have been important? Somebody's got to do that somewhere. Everybody's got to. So find the story about how it would have played out this year if they had had 12 teams this year and how many games would have been important late in the year. Like – 12 games the last week? or Well, with 12 teams making the playoffs next year, you're going to have a lot more discussion where you had this yes. year a one-loss or undefeated team going in, or now nine and three teams probably oh, no, going to be making the playoffs. The 12 I, when you have 12 and it's a mathematical thing, but you're probably going to have, what, 10 teams that got screwed. No doubt. Because they're all going to be so close. I don't know how they're going to decide, but the more teams you have, the more teams get screwed. But it'll be great. There'll be 11 games that everybody's going to play. It's going to be a legitimate, real national title with more teams. It's been real the last few years, but like I still think the best team in the country is Georgia. I think if you'd have had 12 teams this year, Georgia would be national champ, but I can't prove that. Jason Wildy is next.
12 games. Yeah! Instead of having to sell bowl games where nobody's playing. You're playing LSU. Hey, they got the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. Oh, baby, this is going to be good. Uh, excuse me. Uh, what happened there, Pebble? He sat out. He sat out. That's all you need to know. Sat out. How important is a game, Pebble, when people sit out? Not very important. Not very. At any level. How big's your little league game when that star pitcher sits out? Not very big. Not very big, and it's no different for bowl. And they're not going to be bowl games. They're going to play at bowl games. Do you think it's still the Rose Bowl? Was that the Rose Bowl they were playing? Come on. It's a playoff game. The Rose Bowl was the Big Ten versus the Pac-10. That's gone. Just call it something else. Next. Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. I've been told I'm not a very good listener, and it may be true, but it doesn't matter because I don't even want to say anything. I just want to hear Jason Wilde talk about the Packers, what's going on in the game, because I've already declared it's a great season, win or lose against the Bears, so... But there are facts that need to be presented so people know who's playing, who's not playing, or any insight into the game. Good evening, Jason. You're so weird sometimes. About what? Well, like, it, this is I, – I don't think you appreciate how much our conversations are something that I enjoy. Like I enjoy him too. I don't. But so what? Well, no, uh, 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 you know, you do this whole thing about. First of all, okay. uh, I've been told a couple. You know, my wife has told me a couple of things uh, that I really need to work on. One is I'm not a very good listener, and I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, You, the the idea of just sort of turning it over to me, like you turn things over to Belaga. I'm not interested in Okay, that. well, then we like, won't do it that way. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I just... Well, but, but like, we've been doing... Since, like, before you went to Night Night with Uncle Homie right. round one this, way back in the day... Right, like, you're, you're right, Jason, but this moment. is like a different game to me that it, it... I'm just... I'm happy they're playing it. I feel like if they lose, they win, and if they win, they win, so... But... Yeah, I don't disagree with you on Yeah. I, I just... I think my thing is... Um, you know, I just think this is another really fascinating opportunity to learn more about what this team is and what it's capable of becoming and whether it will accelerate its process toward uh, whatever success lies in the future. And, and look, I, I understand that it's easy to get carried away. Uh, I think Tausch at times gets carried away. Even I have to admit, though, that when you look – at what they have assembled offensively and what Goody has done, you know, there's a lot of really talented guys for Jordan Love to throw to. Yep. Jordan Love's got a really good offensive-minded coach who is showing now what I was trying to tell people back when, you know, some of them wanted him fired, and that was he knows what he's doing. He knows how to design an offense. He knows how to get people open. And on top of all that, Jordan Love looks pretty friggin' good. And so those are all – really exciting things. My thing is, is that like, you're right. It, it is. It, I don't want to say they're playing with house money necessarily. I'm, I'm not willing to put it that way, but what I am willing to say is that what win or lose, 
this season has been a success. I agree with you. I just want to see not from a perspective of having more success because I don't think they're going to have the ultimate success of winning the Super Bowl, but I always – you heard me say this. If I said it once, I must have said it a 100 times to you. I view this season as a fact-finding mission. And if they win and get to play a playoff game, we get to find out more facts about yep, them. totally. And how they handle big games. We, mm-hmm. we get to find out that. Well, that's a fact we get to find out actually on Sunday. Because and if they lose, game. then we find out that fact of where they are and whether. They got more work to do. Well, and whether that would be a motivating factor for them to, you know, everybody wants a chip on the shoulder. There are two things that have changed. One. If you need an excuse, you just say family. And two, everybody needs a chip on their shoulder. It used to be like Jordan was known for doing this above and beyond everybody. Now everyone does it. There's a chip on Mm -hmm. somebody's shoulder for every game. We just have to decide. It it actually, it's one of the things that made Rodgers different, actually, because he he was legit. Like he had a, he, he not only had the chip on his shoulder about, not being the first overall pick and mm-hmm. uh, not being recruited and the letter from Purdue wishing him good luck with his attempt at a college football career that he saved and all that stuff, he would create like Jordan-esque. And, mm-hmm. you know, somebody brought up Tuesdays with Aaron to me the other day on Twitter after uh, his whole um, Epstein list. Yeah, Jimmy I want Kimmel more thing. on that. Have you got, have uh, you, I, when you talk I to him, can you ask, say, I Homer don't. wants to know, what what what's the deal? He he. I think uh, I my my understanding. I do not want to get bogged down on this. Okay, we won't. Just your answer, then we'll move he, on. He he. Uh, Kimmel pissed him off by making jokes about him and uh, all of his uh, oh weird on COVID things that he likes to do on co- well not just COVID but like oh, okay ayahuasca and all the other stuff. He used it in his monologue. Got it. And that made him mad. Okay. So. Um, I think that's where the beef originates. But my, anyway, going back, my point is, is that he was very Jordan-esque. Like he wanted all those chips. And if it wasn't there, he would create one, frankly, um, like Jordan would. Uh, But I I don't, like even Jair Alexander, somebody asked him today if he's got a chip on his shoulder now. (laughs) Yeah. He does. Well, every coach, when a coach has a, uh, I'd like to know where they can tape the coaches talking to the team. I guarantee you, every game they're bringing up some chip on some shoulder. Yeah, so, not appreciated. You're right about that. Yeah, and so Jair has a chip on his shoulder for his self-inflicted suspension, um, and he claims that he learned a lesson. We'll see. They they're not saying what his role might be. Uh, I it's hard for me to picture them. Uh, not starting him. I expect uh, him to start. You're going to play him. Yeah, start him. Too. Right. I, I don't. I think that you've already punished him. Yes. You indicated that that was a sufficient punishment in your mind. And you he you said you're you're in a today. good place, right? You said not only that that yeah. you're in a good place. Great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to now turn around and say, yeah, but you're we're going to start Carrington Valentine instead of you. Um, so I. Like I think that that's probably trending in a good direction or as good as it can be. He, you know, he did kind of pause before uh, saying yes that he wants to be here next year. Oh. Um, now again, I did wasn't you there. notice the pause or how? What do you account? No, 
for the pause, like he when was thinking about what he should say, or yeah, I I don't know. Steve okay. McGargy, the uh, AP writer, was actually the one who transcribed. I wasn't there. I was at a different. Uh, I was not there, so I I don't know what the pause was intended to be. All I know is that I'll believe that he wants to be here next year when he's here next year, uh, and I'm eager to see how this thing goes moving forward because if there's one thing I've learned, and sometimes it's the hard way. It's that you have to be careful uh, taking everything at face value and believing that everyone means everything they say because that's not always the case, even among the Green Bay Packers. So we'll see. But he did – I will say this. You know, in, in listening to him and watching the video of him, he did, he did seem contrite. Like, I, now, I don't know if that's acting or if that's authenticity, but he did seem contrite. He did. Uh, and that's that's not a bad thing. Obviously, it's nice that if if he is indeed contrite and he does feel like he learned something from this, then that is a good thing. Uh, any other information? Injuries? Yeah, Christian Watson sure sounds like a guy who's playing on Sunday. That's a plus. Uh, and even if and Matt Lafleur even said it as even if it's on a limited basis, uh, he impacts the game. So that sounds like an encouraging development. So you got that going for you if you're a Packers fan, which is nice. And, and look, I, 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 am, uh, I, I am always leery of coaches that do the Lou Holtz, you know, poor mouthing their own team to talk about how great the opponent is. But when it comes to the Bears' defense, uh, you're not Lou Holtzing. Like, they have been really, really good. Last lately. six games, they've given, they've given up on average a lap 13 points a game. Yeah, they've been That's fantastic, it. and so I, I is it pass again, rush or what? Is there any first thing they, that stands? Well, they're number one against the run in the yeah. league for the season, so they stifle your run game, and then they've got really good inside linebackers, kind of like what the Packers envisioned Devondre Campbell mm-hmm. uh, and Quay Walker being, um, and then you know they've got good corners who've played well and they take the ball away a ton they've got a ton of interceptions i think they've got 22 on the year so they got a lot of things going for them defensively so back to my original point about this being a fact finding mission that's another aspect of this like with the season on the line with a playoff berth on the line playing at home uh can you go out against the defense that's playing really well and get the job done with you and your merry band of youngsters and you know, Jordan Love's been darn good. Mm-hmm. This is another test for him because he's not – the fact of the matter is, and, and you don't need me to reiterate how much I like him or how impressed I've been this year or how far ahead of the timing I was expecting of him he actually is, but he, I've also reminded people that he's going to have down games. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had plenty of those as a young quarterback in this league. And then he eventually became the guy that he became. And now he's become the guy he's become. Um, but, he, you know, Jordan's going to have off games. I don't think that's going to be this week. But this is the kind of game where we get to find out more about him. Can he make sure that he doesn't have one of those games against a defense that's playing really well and in a game where the stakes are really high? I, it's another great opportunity to find out more about where this team is headed into the future. Thanks, Jason. All right, Homer, take care. Be good. Jason Will, the All-Packers all the time. TVV, Tim Van Voren, next.
The three most important letters in sports. Even better than those. TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports, three-time Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year, Hall of Fame wingman. Can't wait to hear what he says about the Green Bay Packers and how he chooses to start. TVV, good evening. How do you choose to start? What's the first thing you want to tell the millions listening and watching about the Green Bay Packers? How can I tell them? The first thing about the Packers is that they have this opportunity, Homer. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not telling people anything they don't know, but, but you have to embrace that opportunity. I do a uh, podcast with the NFC North people on Fox, and uh, we all had to pick one word. One word, and uh, the Minnesota guy picks uh, vacation for the Vikings. Perfect. I pick eye-opening for the Packers. Um, maybe that's one word. Maybe it's hyphenated. I don't, but that's what this whole situation is, Homer. I don't think we can miss the four. So what the did tree. they ask you to do again to say what you think pick about one word, the one, season? One word. One word to describe your team. One word about your team. Uh, the Detroit pick was a recognition. Recognize this opportunity. Recognize what they've accomplished, that sort of thing. To be honest, I don't remember Chicago's. But mine was eye-opening because the Packers have a chance to go to the playoffs. Last year when they tried to go to the playoffs, Homer, you always look at big picture. The last several years, big picture for the Packers. Get in and do this, this, this. Now it's just like get in, one game, opportunity, eye-opening. Yeah, I would say shocked. Uh, I would say shocked offensively. I, I am, am incapable of understanding this is where you come in, how you could be as bad as they were. I think we had six games where they, in the first quarter, they scored 13 points, a grand total. I look, And then I think the last six in the first quarter, they have like 61. And and you're talking about a first-year starter, all young players. I don't, it, it's impossible to overstate how amazing that offensive turnaround is. Unless, what, is, what was the game? What was the game where they didn't get a first down? I think it was Minnesota. It left in the first half. Good, a first down. Yes, it is shocking. It is astounding. It is all those young guys growing together. We kind of threw that <laughs> that little uh, story idea out there, of course, or you know, people like, oh, this this might be what happens. They all grow together. Well, they have grown together, and it was the quarterback spearheading that. But all these guys had to kind of believe, I think, okay, we're at this level. We can do something. We can make something happen. We're not just supposed to stand around here. And once they started kind of grasping the opportunity, <coughs> excuse me, they they seized the opportunity. And now that they're in this position, it's amazing to me, given that offensive futility you talked about there, Homer, with the numbers you spit out, uh, that Jordan Love is third in the league in touchdown passes. Yes. Jordan Love, well, they didn't do anything for the first half of the season. They were historically bad for the first half of games for six or seven, and now the numbers have almost evened out. They've scored almost the same number of points in the first quarter as any quarter. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we will learn over time what this was. A fluke, the early, you know, as I like to say, the Beatles in Liverpool – You'll look back and go, this was the first time we saw how good he could be as a quarterback or how good any or all of these wide receivers could end up. 
Well, and it was the kind of turning away of the reliance on Christian Watson yes. that allowed some of these other guys to really step up. And then, not coincidentally, in my opinion, Watson surged when he didn't have the weight of everything on him, when he wasn't the number one receiver, when everything was designed to go to him, the ball was going to go to him, et cetera, et cetera. Suddenly, he came along, and Matt LaFleur today was effusive in his praise of Christian Watson and the chance to get him out there against the Bears, even going so far as to say, even if he's out there limited, it'll be a spark. That's the thing he can kind of, he can do. That's unlike the way Matt Lafleur usually talks. Well, we'll you know we'll give the guy the week and we'll see. And uh, you know we, he has to be able to contribute. No, he's saying even if it's limited, this guy can provide a spark. That's the position they're in, Homer. They're, they're now you take any puncher's chance at it to try to get to the postseason, even if that's hey Christian Watson on one series gives you something. I would. Is it possible everybody could play except for Musgrave, or what's the update on all the wide receivers and all the tight ends? They all practiced. I, I think the receivers, that is, I think it is possible that they could all play. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, I don't know how many you'd have active then, because right. it's hard to not have Bo Melton active. That guy, you know, finds runs his route so supremely that he's finding open spots. Is he ahead of is he ahead of Heath now or not? Well, I think yes, except you know, Heath gives him something that those other guys don't and that's the ability to just be the muscle blocker which right. you might need on a 30 degree afternoon against a real stout defense. So, um, you know, I, I mean Melton and Reed are kind of the same player. I I'd say Melton is higher on the depth chart, but in terms of who you keep active, you might need Heath. Yeah, I, I, I think Heath will, just based on what you're saying, Heath will be ahead of... Uh, they but, ran a play the other night right at Heath so he could just close out the block on the outside, which he did beautifully. You know, he's a... Again, if you're talking about what guys can do in one spare little moment, uh, it might be one block or two blocks from Heath that is enough. I think it's going to be a real tough game. A real tough game on Sunday. Because the Bears so are good. You, their defense has yeah, been very totally. good over the last six games. Fields totally. has been better because there have been games where he didn't throw very well, but he has run big time. So the their, their defense, I apologize, I didn't mean to cut you off. Their <clears throat> particularly on my cough edge, my goodness. Um, their defense, he's home run. Apologize. Their defense uh, is taking the ball away. And that has set them up for short fields, yep. so their offense then looks good. Their offense hasn't done anything. It hasn't made this big uh, change over the course of the season like Green Bay's has. But their defense, fewest yards per game allowed in the league, lowest opposing quarterback, passer quarterback rating in the league. So you can't run against them. You can't throw against them. And if you're going to turn the football over, they're going to get a short field and they can do just enough. The Packers have not been turning the football over for uh, the bulk of the second half of the season, and certainly Jordan Love. So – they have to keep that formula going because they're still operating with a pretty slim margin. They cannot give the football to Chicago more than once, in my opinion, and still win this football game. Yeah, Bears have been giving up 14.5 points per game over the last five games, in addition to what you talked about is uh, creating turnovers. Round two with TVV coming up. Problem solvers, great listeners, honest, knowledgeable. Saganiac Planning. The name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service. And too late in mentioning this, but I'm trying to catch up. 
family-owned for 50 years. They've been doing this well for over 50 years. So confusing insurance decisions, not confusing to them. They've come up with level-funded health insurance. Again, that's what you can do if you've been doing it well for over 50 years. Saganiac Planning, named synonymous with employee benefits. Top-notch service for over 50 years. 262-783. Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6162. Round two with TVV next. Tim Van Born, Fox 6 Sports, three-time Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year, Hall of Fame wingman. You alluded to LaFleur a little bit. What's the locker room like? I'm just assuming they, they're they excited, they, they can't wait to play, and but I don't know. And how's LaFleur? I assume that he should be, if not amazed, very happy for the improvement. And plus, he's an offensive guy, and that's the best part of it. Well, yeah, I, I, there's a spring in his step, to be honest with you. The offense has come along and has led everything so far. You know, they're surviving the defense. They're surviving the special teams right now. And it's house money, Homer. My goodness, this year was an evaluation year all the way around. LaFleur, I thought, was uh, kind of tight and terse in the offseason. I think he recognized it was going to be tough or assumed it was going to be tough. And, you, you know, I mean, he didn't get to the playoffs last year with Aaron Rodgers. What are you going to do this year? And your coaches are judged by – uh, your record and all that stuff, circumstances notwithstanding, uh, look where they are. I, I mean, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's feeling great, and I think he sees the the prospects of the future, particularly as you said on the offensive side of the ball, with his ability to design things for Love and Love's ability to follow what Love uh, Flores draws up for him, the tight ends, etc. I, I mean, it's a gravy time right now in Green Bay. But let me say this, Homer, you remember where they were after they beat the Chiefs? Euphoria, right? Right? Euphoria. And uh, on the sideline, I still remember on the sideline before the Monday night game, the Giants, LaFleur and his family were there. Joe Barry and his family were there. I mean, the Packers are kind of a toast to the league. People are talking about they're a tough team to play, dangerous team, and all this stuff. Slapped down by the Giants, slapped down a week later by the Buccaneers, and the whole narrative changes. So they're back up right now, but let's go over this. Carolina is not a good football team, hasn't shown it all season long, and the Packers barely beat them. And Minnesota was dreadful on Sunday night. That wasn't even a football game. They totally, the attrition just obviously showed up on that team this season. So, Packers are back up, and if they win Sunday and go into the playoffs, all great. But how are you going to feel if they don't win and the Bears take it to them and smack them around and, 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 and bully boy them? Because it could happen. I'm going to be fine. There's, okay. And, and so either then he uh, Lafleur would get an A minus instead of an A. I know I'm a minority in that view, um, but the coaches say you learn when people win as much as you learn when they lose. So ha- have you learned? And have any players stood out? Have you observed and go, wow, th- this player's like this, or or has has the success given you additional information about? Any players? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, by the way, I would be with you. I would say maybe it's a minority view, but I would say you're still fine because of what the body of the work of the season would be. But we also know how the pendulum swings, and I think the the, the um, uh, original and initial reaction will be negative yeah. because the opportunity is there and it's the Bears. But I do think very, very uh, possibly the Bears, you know, they're going to have a lot Sunday. Let's just say that. In answer to your question, one guy we haven't really talked much about, uh, Homer, I think, T.J. Slayton. This is a guy who, you know, you've been looking for somebody, the ability to play, 
more than you know one type of situation on the defensive line. I think he's shown that. I, we mentioned last week Tucker Craft and kind of a, a veteran's perspective, not just the development he's made on the field, but the perspective he has. This guy, is, he's a long-term building block, if you ask me. Uh, so I think there are a lot of uh, guys that have kind of shown up. And in that defensive backfield, Carrington Valentine, uh, uh, Corey Valentine, who they kept calling Corey Baltimore in the press box the other night in Minnesota. So I don't know what that was about. But, uh, you know, those guys, I mean, Valentine uh, in particular, they're not building blocks, but you've got a lot of good football out of them. All right, let's get to Jair Alexander. Your observation on all of it. Start wherever you want. Uh, Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sunday, who I know you respect very well. Very highly, yes. Column. Yep, yep. Sneakiest, column high, sneakiest reporter ever in terms of how good he is. Sneaky. He's really good. He's really good. And he wrote a column basically saying Jair has to grow up. And, I mean, I think that's probably true. And I think that uh, Jair probably understands it now, too. He was very contrite today. We'll see over time uh, you know, what the body of work reveals. But I think as much as anything else, that's really it. I think, you know, he's always been a little bit of a, an offbeat guy. Has he? And, that's all come yes. up now that I just don't remember hearing it that often. And please translate. What does offbeat mean? Offbeat means uh, he does it differently. Well, what? You like know, he's I, never around or he's quiet or he's, uh, you no, know. I think he's. <laughs> he's focuses he does, on Pokemon cards. I don't know what. Well, I mean, even when he was coming up as a rookie or the first couple of years, I can remember specifically asking about how you play off this uh, the emotion. You get the juice. You're, you're playing off the crowd. You like the swag. I mean, that was all part of it. I think he went too far with some of it, and, and I think that's what he has to rein back in here. But he was always those things. He, he You know, he's into the meditation. He keeps to himself. Last few years, good times or bad for Jair Alexander, he'd be out on the field by himself. Right. Four hours before the game. So he's a loner. He's a loner. I think he's partially a loner, but yeah. he also makes a lot of money, and because of that is thrust into a leadership role. I think it's a little bit complicated for him. And I think he kind of has some, had some missteps clearly along the way. But uh, today, at least, he sounded like he gets it. You know, if he gets it and he's healthy, he's a good football player for you. You know, at his size, Health is always going to be part of it anyway. You have to be a uh, run support. You have to play physically. That's not that easy to do at his size. So uh, beyond all the other stuff, he's got to be healthy too. I do you think he's he healthy said, now? I don't know. Nah, who knows? All right. I mean, that's, that's as big a question as anything. People say, should you play him Sunday? Well, is he healthy enough to give you something that you need Sunday? Because the other two guys have at least been okay. You're still convinced that Joe Barry's not back next year or not? I would think that's true. Yeah. Okay. And but but you know it, you get into the playoffs and you win a game or two. I mean we've we've seen narratives change before because you can't you can't make a move when you have a certain level of success and everybody's riding high on it. If you're asking me today, I would think there would be changes on the defensive side. Right. And I I brought that up because if you're going to make a change, then you want to keep Jair happy because you have no idea. And in fact, things could improve dramatically with a new coordinator. Not that it's been bad, but. That's a part of his future is who he's playing for also. And, and uh, you know, improved relationship with the head coach, too. That's a part of what they're talking about here, too. So, yes, you're exactly right. That would factor into how you handle the coordinator situation. I would just say, whether it's Joe Barry or the defense or whoever on that side of the ball, 
do not overrate Sunday night. I mean, I probably would have as well had I not, you know, you think, oh, it's my gosh, it's in Minnesota and it's a tough place to play and, it's, you know, it's a big, oh. important game. Guess what? Minnesota was so terrible. So is this terrible. TVV? They need a good Jair to be good enough to beat the Bears. Are you? Is that? Am I translating well, that? You know, I think the pressure's on the Packer offense to beat the Bears. Oh, yeah. But I would just say don't, you know, the prism of how you view the defense, Jair, Minnesota was terrible. All okay? right. Duly, just don't miss that. Duly back. noted the problem is that other offenses have been terrible and they didn't play well against them. Agreed. But, Agreed. But duly noted. TVV, thanks. All right, Homer, see you later. Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports, looking for lab-grown diamonds. Robert Heck Diamond sells them at crazy prices. Remember, Lab-grown diamonds are almost identical, 99% like natural diamonds. Know that. Learn about it. Two-care total-weight diamond studs for $999. Yep. Robert Eck diamonds. Go wherever you want. You're going to go there at the end. You're going to get more for less, and you'll say, Homer Smart, $999 for a two-carat pair of diamond studs. Robert Hack diamonds, Greenfield and in Brookfield, or roberthackdiamonds.com. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. Listen, Robert Hack diamonds.